You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein. Today, positive thinking. I'd like to tell you about the strangest secret in the world. If you understand completely what I'm going to tell you from this moment on, your life will never be the same again. You'll suddenly find that good luck just seems to be attracted to you. The things you want just seem to fall in line. And from now on, you won't have the problems, the worries, the gnawing lump of anxiety that perhaps you've experienced before. Doubt, fear, well, they'll be things of the past. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now let me say that again. We become what we think about. This is one of the greatest laws in the universe. Fervently do I wish I had discovered it as a very young man. It dawned upon me much later in life, and I've found it to be one of the greatest, if not my greatest, discovery. And the great law, briefly and simply stated, is that if you think in negative terms, you'll get negative results. If you think in positive terms, you will achieve positive results. That is the simple fact, which is at the basis of an astonishing law of prosperity and success. In three words, believe and succeed. As a child on the high diving board, you stood up there, shivering in your wet bathing suit. Suddenly, up there for the first time, you couldn't understand how such a thing as a high diving board could legally be allowed to exist. It seemed so narrow and absurdly high. It was like standing outside on a window ledge, barefoot and in a wet bathing suit. You feel as though you were on the end of a tongue like you are a tiny bubble of saliva that could pop at any instant. Your knees are weak and trembling. You are incapable of moving. The kids online for the board, children who live for the board, who dream of it all winter long in classes they can care less about, are screaming at you to jump. The lifeguard looks up at you and blows her whistle. It goes through you, right through the front of your forehead, like a drill made of tinfoil and sunlight. You want the fire department. You want a fireman to appear before you on a ladder and drape you over his shoulder. You want your warm bed in a dark room, the blinds drawn. You want the comfort of sad Pink Floyd songs playing to you through your headset. You want to have never tried. Your swim instructor said you had to be positive of one thing only, that you were a blade slicing through the water. To believe was to make it so. All you had to do was be positive about that one thing. You had to imagine that you were a stabby knife, and the water, it was nothing, only skin, soft, murderable skin. They tell you afterwards, excitedly, that in the whole history of that diving board, in the whole history of the swimming pool, no one has ever climbed back down the ladder. People only go up it, they say, only up it, never back down. They tell you this as though you have defied some law of physics, as though through some shameful accident you've traveled back in time. But it's even worse than that. It's as though you've defied the laws of being human. There is no excuse for what you've done, and now they have banned you from the diving board to make sure that such a thing can never happen again. Do 
you want to be an outstanding salesman, a better worker at your particular job? Do you want to go places in your company, in your community? All you've got to do is plant that seed in your mind. Care for it. Work steadily toward your goal, and it will become a reality. It not only will, there's no way that it cannot. You see, that is a law, like the laws of Sir Isaac Newton, the laws of gravity. Conversely, the man who has no goal, who doesn't know where he's going, and whose thoughts must therefore be thoughts of confusion and anxiety and fear and worry, becomes what he thinks about. His life becomes one of frustration, fear, anxiety, and worry. And if he thinks about nothing, he becomes nothing. As an adolescent, you always knew that somehow, despite whatever signs of cowardice that you exhibited, that were you to be abducted by aliens, you would be a proper ombudsman for mankind. You meditated on this when you watched films like E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. If you woke up on board an alien spaceship, you would not scream. You would keep an eye out for things to share with the scientists when you got back home to Earth. Strange and new energy sources, bizarre mating rituals and desserts that were black and came in the form of capsules. But the evening that they came for you, as you sat in the backyard listening to Led Zeppelin on your Walkman, you caught your first glimpse of them. They scurried out from under your back porch, leaving behind a trail of sludge that smelled of rust and Vaseline. As you looked into their eyes, which were not large and kind as you imagined, but were beady and insect-like, you felt like your stomach had suddenly become a sloppy bowl of oatmeal, sloshing back and forth on an old woman's palsied lap during a long car ride. Later on, after you were released and found curled in a fetal ball in a grocery cart on a highway meridian, the only observation you will have to share with the scientists of Earth will be this. Their spaceship smelled so weird, and their tables were so cold. You will say this wrapped in one of those trauma blankets while sniffling. Inside their spacecraft, the aliens will have undressed you and have measured you. In their alien encyclopedia, where it says, Human being, there will be a picture of you, standing there naked and crying. All the aliens will think that human beings are a race of crybabies, and this will all be your fault. When you get back to planet Earth, there will be parades in your honor, and you'll probably even get some TV appearances. But in their hearts, the people of Earth will have renounced you. Live this new way, and the floodgates of abundance will open and pour over you more riches than you may have dreamed existed. Money? Yes, lots of it. But what's more important, you'll have peace. You'll be in that wonderful minority who lead calm, cheerful, successful lives. Calm and cheerful. Don't let petty things annoy you and get you off course. Start today. You have nothing to lose, but you have a life to win. Catherine, what, what is it that you do? Um, I am offering creative visualization courses, and uh, other than that, I'm also a psychic, or more accurately, a clairvoyant, so I do see, I do get flash visuals of um, of things going on around you 
I remember reading something about you. You had said how we sort of we all have our inner record players. Yes. Because I've been listening to um, I've been I picked up this record mm-hmm. um, that's from like a few years back. It's by Earl Nightingale, who is sort of um, a positive thinking guru. Mm-hmm. You know, who talks about how if you're able to imagine something, you can make it so. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's very upbeat and it's and it makes a lot of sense. It's very positive, but for some reason, listening to it makes me feel inadequate. Makes me feel sort of bad and and even a little bit depressed because I feel like I'm not able to live up to the good advice and I'm not able to change things for myself. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a discouraging feeling because I feel like, well, I can never. I can never be as positive as this guy, and to think that there are people out there that are as positive as him, make me feel even worse about the way that I am.、Mm-hmm. Makes me feel like I've got it all wrong. You know what I mean?、Um, in order to have that positive belief, let's say, like this man on the on the tape,、mm-hmm. um, there are things getting in the way of that. Other issues for you. And so, if a self-defeating voice comes up every time, or a self-sabotaging voice comes up, then that's what you need to go through in order to get to the positive. And the, you need to look at the reasons why you're doing that, and what what other、uh, other messages are part of your reality that are at play when that overwhelming feeling, like "Oh, I'll never be that guy." There's a lot more to it than just that. Maybe you can. Give me an example of something where you have negative thinking that you'd like to change. Well, it's it's for I mean for me it's like it's everything.、Um, you know, like for every attempt at a positive envisioning of something, there's always this.、Um, there's always a flip side. You know, like if I if I try to be positive about like you know catching the bus,、mm-hmm. with that thought comes the thought, the reciprocal thought that. It's very possible that I'm going to not catch the bus. You know, it's like it's 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 like it's very mathematical. You know, for every plus, there's a minus.、Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes I tend to fixate on the more negative side. Okay. You know that possibility that at every turn, like the 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 notion of possibility for me means the, the possibility of things going wrong,、mm-hmm. of the possibility of failure. But I mean, in in everything, there's a risk. In getting up in the morning, there's a risk. At some point, like we have to choose, choose to have faith. Could I call upon you、uh, for something? Could we, could we try something out? We can try, sure. In talking to me over the telephone,、mm-hmm. are you able to sense my negative vibes? Yes. Are you able to see them? Well, what do you mean by see? I mean, I'm not seeing radio. When you close your eyes, are you able to actually physically see my negative vibes? Um, well, in a sense, yes. I can feel it. What does it feel like? Well, it's extremely uncomfortable. For you? Yes. I'm sorry. No, it's it's that's that's my work. That's what I have to live with all the time. Is、uh, picking up other people's stuff. Well, what does it feel? Can you actually like paint a picture of what it's what it feels like physically? Oh, my stomach is tight. I feel agitated.、Mm-hmm. Feel、uh, impatient. You know, I'd really prefer you just ask me directly for help than try to see yourself vicariously through me not feeling good, taking on your. You know, it's not comfortable. If you want me to help you, 
then ask me something directly about your life and I'll help you. But I'm not going to sit and take on your feelings to sh- in order to show you. Mm-hmm. It's it's an invasion of boundaries. Okay. Can I tell you what I'm feeling and see if like you're feeling those things or you don't want to do that? Sure. I'm feeling like sort of like a tension headache. Mm. I'm feeling pressure on my temples. Mm-hmm. You feeling that? Not really. I'm feeling like a kind of shortness of breath. Mm-hmm. And chest pains. It's not it's not as pronounced for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Are your palms sweating? Mm, a little bit, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where are yours? Yeah. <laughs> Does your scalp itch? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. I'm actually finding this sort of... Maybe this is the wrong way to put it, but I'm actually finding it sort of comforting that I've sort of transposed my negativity onto you, that I've channeled it onto you. Right. You want to punish people. No, I just want to sort of like... I find it a comforting idea that there's someone right now that I'm talking to that might feel the way that I do. I I can feel your anxiety. So it's, of course, I'm getting symptoms of it myself then. Right. Welcome to my world. Well, you know, a lot of people have been in your world. You're not the only one in it. See, even the way I'm talking to you is really not like I'm normally... It's like I'm in a reading right now. I'm, I'm sorry for doing this to you. I'm, I'm showing you a mirror of how you are, mm-hmm. in a sense. Right, and it's not pleasant. No. Yeah, I'm not liking it. Maybe I should explain to you a little bit about my feelings about positive positive thought. Okay. Have you ever heard of the evil eye? To ward off negative spirits? Yeah, you see, my I was raised with, um, with with this belief. My mother has a belief, and it's sort of like it's sort of like been imported from. I, th- I guess it's sort of it's a bit of an old country thing. Mm-hmm. I was raised with this belief that whenever things were going well, mm-hmm. or if you acknowledged that things were going well, that was when you were the most vulnerable to having things go wrong. Oh. Sort of like jinxing it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like the way the workings of the universe go, they, they're sort of ironic workings. Mm-hmm. When things are going well and you realize when you actually say to yourself, you know, this is this is good. Things are going well. I'm in, a, I'm in a good relationship. My job's good. I have nice friends. To acknowledge that, to say it out loud is to tempt the evil eye. Mm. And what this means by tempting the evil eye is that, you know, by calling attention to it, the evil forces at play, call them what you will, the devil or whatever, will try to take it away from you mm. as this kind of final ironic blow. You know, so you always sort, sort of like I was raised to feel like you sort of have to suppress, you know, signs of suppress your happiness. Yeah, suppress yeah. visible signs of joy and happiness, which I feel like maybe has had a bit of an adverse yeah, no kidding effect. To me, that's a definition for oppression. This supposition that. Oh, I'm feeling good. Can't last. Too good to be true. Something terrible must be happening. You know, it, that's that's a really uh, difficult sort of mantra to live with because you'll always shortchange yourself and you'll never trust the happiness. Hello? 
Hi, Mom. Yeah. Johnny. Yeah, What's hi. the matter? N- nothing's the matter. Everything okay, honey? Yeah, yeah, everything's, everything's fine. Oh, that's good. Um, I, I just wanted to talk. What do you want to talk about? Um, you know, when, 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 when I was growing up in the house, uh, there wasn't a lot of, um, there wasn't necessarily a lot of positive thinking. There was sort of a feeling that, you, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be too vocal when things were going good because there was always the evil eye to be thinking about. Yeah. Um, right. What was it that, I mean, can you explain what the evil eye actually is? Is it like the devil? Is the evil no. eye the devil? No, I hope not. It's just that, I don't know, like, I don't like talking too much, like, in a bragging sort of way. But, I mean, not, even just, like, admitting, like, let's say you said, you know what, things are good, I think I'm going to get that job promotion. Like, it, you know, even if you're just sort of being, like, hopeful and positive, it, it's not necessarily bragging, but that still, like, wasn't something that, that you, you right. usually thought was a good idea, no? I'm afraid to speak it aloud. I might think it in my head, but I won't say it out loud. You can't actually say no. something something positive. No. Mm-hmm. I could try, but then, like, I have to, I have to preface it with a kanena hora baruch Hashem, and I get all nervous, like, if I don't. Yeah, explain that. What is what is the the kanena horas and the baruch Hashem's? Kanena hora means you won't get a kanahora, you won't get an evil eye, and baruch Hashem is thank God for everything that I do have. So wait, so that so it's sort of like a um... a ritual for me, I guess, mm-hmm. and I get very uncomfortable if I don't do it. I get really uncomfortable. It's like a, it's like a thing that you have to say to ward off the that's like a kind right. of hex. Yeah, that's like, right. So so any any time, like if someone says something nice, let's say you're talking to someone and someone says something nice about me. Let's say they say, "Oh, you know, your son's your son's a nice boy." You you can't just let that statement pass. I you have You always have to say that. Yes. Just in case. Yes. They're kind of like knocking on wood or. Yeah. Yeah. As a, like a little insurance policy. That's it. You've got it. Absolutely. That's it. Exactly. But what, are you, what are you afraid is uh, might happen? I don't know. I don't know. Like that if you acknowledge that something good is going on, we're all in a sudden at the moment where you say, hey, things are okay, that's when they'll all that's fall apart. That's right. That's yes. when they'll fall apart. Yeah, I'm always afraid of that happening. So what, what, and what is, what is your biggest fear? Like what are you afraid of most when you're, when you're warding it off, when you're warding off the that evil eye? I want my loved ones to be safe and sound and happy. That's all I care about, nothing else. You know, I just want the best for my loved ones. Mm-hmm. That's it. Not worried about myself. I'm only worried about my loved ones. So you worry about the, the evil eye out of, out of love? It's 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 a function of love. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna protect everybody with my craziness. Do you? Irrational. But but you're not a very irrational person in most things. I, am. I don't know what it is. Something gets into me, and I just can't. I can't help it. It's the way I am. Has has anything has the evil eye ever actually done anything completely know. bad? I'm starting to get uncomfortable. Yes, yeah, as soon as I start. Thinking everything is wonderful, like it just falls apart. I don't want to talk too much. You, we can't even talk about it. I don't know. I'm scared. What are you scared of? I don't know. I'm just scared that it will be taken away, so I don't want to talk too much. Because you think the evil eye will get you? Yeah. Like I don't. I don't feel comfortable to disclose. There's something I was just uh, I, that I'm reminded of actually as we're talking. Yeah. I don't know if you'd even remember this. Do you, you actually maybe maybe Dad would remember. Is he home? Yes, he could, is. Could, could you have him pick up the extension? Okay. Buzz! Yeah. Go pick up the extension.
Go! Hurry up! Uh, I, uh, Johnny? Dad? Hi, Johnny. How are you? Hi, good. How are you doing? All right. Um, th- uh, I, um, I was just talking with Mom about the evil eye. About the what? Sorry. A- about the evil eye? Yeah. I wanted to ask you if you remember something that I just thought of. At my bar mitzvah, before I went to the hall, Mom sewed a red ribbon into my underwear to ward off the evil eye. Do you, do you remember that? Do you, either of you it's, remember that? It's vaguely familiar. I don't remember the specifics, but it does sound vaguely familiar. Yeah, it does sound vaguely familiar. Do you remember that, Mom? I don't remember, but it sounds very feasible and possible. I think when you guys were babies, I used to put a red ribbon in the crib. Wait, and, and what did you think would happen if you didn't use the red the red ribbon? I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. Do you have any thoughts about why... Um, why mom or why you guys do this kind of particular thing with with uh, warding off the, the, the evil eye and concern about the evil eye? If he doesn't listen to me, I fight with him. So he goes along with me because I get crazy. Makes nervous. life easier. <laughs> That's a good thing in itself, isn't it? Right. So so you just you do it because mom That's right. does it. and I you. Know. he just does it to please me, but I can't help it. I sound so crazy. Don't yeah, I? I I don't go for all these kind of horrors. And, okay. Uh, Wait, let him finish what he was saying. I, I don't like I don't uh, enjoy these uh, things like uh, placing uh, restrictions on what you have to say to one another. Sometimes you want to say something that's uplifting just to make yourself feel good and, and somebody else. So uh, you know these pronouncements suddenly put a lid right on you. They cut. It's okay. like a gag order. It's enough. It's enough already with that nonsense. Let's see what I mean. Do you think that um, having having these the, these fears about the evil eye, like it affects your ability to to sort of um, to sort of th- think positive? No. No, I, I wouldn't positive. say that. I wouldn't say that. I would just say that it's a it's an added it's an added burden. It, it, it places limitations. I um, I should really get a hold of myself and just enjoy whatever, and that's all. Whatever happens, happens, and that's all. That's all. Get rid of this nonsense. Because you want to tempt the evil eye now? No, no. <laughs> so you're, so it's not true. You don't want to well, get over I the do, nonsense. But I don't want to say don't 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 say certain things because I don't want to be sick. If I say like right now, if I say you know I'm feeling good. Please don't make me nervous. But I mean, I can't say it without you without you no, uh, punctuating like, it. I've got to say it. Yes. You wouldn't be able to say anything nice and positive about me without afterwards punctuating it with the, you know, with all the, 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 yeah. uh, the incantations, the Canada horrors and all <laughs> that. What I want you to do is I want you to try to do it I can't cl- clean. Me. I want you to do it without any of the other stuff afterwards. I just want you to go straight ahead and say something nice about me. You're nice. See, I said something nice and I didn't have to preface it. I didn't make myself nuts. I, be- I bet you said Canadian Horror under your breath. How did you know? <laughs> yes, I did. Okay, so I'll talk to you guys later. Okay, okay Johnny. Okay. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye.
on the phone with? My parents. How are they? They're they're fine. What is that you got there? It's a drum. It's pretty. Thanks. It has turtles on it. Where'd you get it? My mom bought bought it for me so I can go to ma- to the mountain to plan on Sunday and play my drum with the hippies. Wait, the mountain the mountain down the street? Yeah. You're, you're gonna you're gonna play on Sunday when all the hippies are playing? Yes. But it's a, it, it's so crowded and so noisy. Isn't it gonna drive you crazy? It sounds like this. think it's going to be fun? Yes. How do you know? I don't know. Do you want to come? This Sunday? Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. My name is Jorge Regula. My name is Jorge Regula. I'm walking down the street. I'm walking down the street I love you I love you Let's go go to the the beach Let's go sailing Let's go sailing Let's get a bite to eat Let's get a bite to eat Let's talk about movies Let's talk about movies Let's go to sleep I wake up in the morning I wake up in the morning Put on my yellow shirt Put on my yellow shirt I get a bite to eat I get a bite to eat I go to work I'm the AV guy. I'm the AV guy. I'm the AFNY guy. I'm the AFNY guy. I'm the piano guy. I'm the piano guy. Let's go to sleep. The voices you heard on Wiretap today were Earl Nightingale from The Strangest Secret, Catherine Allen of Mélange Magique, Buzz and Dina Goldstein, and Zuzu. Wiretap is written by Jonathan Goldstein and produced by Jonathan Goldstein with Sarah Gilbert and Carolyn Warren. You can reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap. This summer, tune into Wiretap Sunday afternoon at 1.00. 4 Pacific Time, and Tuesday evening at 8.30.